3: Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and Press On falsies. Hi, it's Raj Punjabi, head of identity content at HuffPost.
1: Hi, it's Noah Michelson. I'm the head of HuffPost Personal.
3: Welcome to Am I Doing It Wrong? The show that explores the all too human anxieties we have about trying to get our lives right.
1: So, Raj, I have to admit that when we decided to do this podcast, it wasn't just to do a podcast. There was some selfish intentions involved here. Of course. Because the thing is, we're doing all kinds of things wrong. And maybe we can use this podcast to do things better. At the top of the list, for me at least apologizing.
3: Oh, yeah. I apologize wrong all the time.
1: I did it just a couple months ago. I called out a friend over the internet for something that he did. The minute I did it, I knew it was wrong, and I knew that I had to apologize, but I didn't want to.
3: Okay, so just to get the record straight, you kind of aired out some dirty laundry on social media versus, you know, just one-on-one.
1: I should have pulled him aside and said, hey, you screwed up. You hurt my feelings. Instead, I read him all over the internet. (laughs) And so I knew almost-so
3: <laughs> foul, but you know, it is easy to take things to the ground sometimes rather yeah. than have a real moment. It was
1: stupid. And I did apologize to him, but I don't know that I did it quite right. Sure. So this week, the topic is, Am I doing it wrong? Apologizing. And luckily we don't have to do it alone. We've got HuffPost and New Reporter Kelsey Borson. She wrote a piece all about apologizing and how to do it better. And she's gonna be here in just a second.
3: Love that. Let's do it. Kelsey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited for you to be our Sherpa through the Himalayas of apologizing. (laughs) Um, So let's get started with the big zaddy of all bad apologies. I'm sorry you feel
1: that way. Oh, the worst. It's the
3: little worst. I have to say I'm not good at apologizing, but I will say I've never said that to another human cat or dog in my life. Never.
2: I 1000% agree. I think this one is the worst. It's really not an apology. It's a non-apology. And like for me, if someone says that to me i receive that as like a bit of a fuck you like i'm sorry you feel that way
0: Mm -hmm. um
2: it just really doesn't demonstrate any empathy or accountability and then you're kind of just implying that you think that the other person is being too sensitive or they're overreacting so not only are you not really apologizing but it's also a dig at them
1: i feel like it's such a human instinct though because like i was saying earlier you it's hard to apologize. And so I feel like we do everything we can not to do it. So even when we actually are doing it and we're saying, I'm sorry, then we just negate the whole thing by saying that you feel that way.
3: I think Again, this is like maybe right after the the damage happens when we're kind of like not haven't processed it yet. That's when this this can happen. I've had it said to me, and it was at the height of. Drama. Yes, I definitely
2: right. think there's a benefit, and I like for me personally also to not trying to like apologize in the moment necessarily. Like, there's nothing wrong with taking some time, like stepping away from the situation, reflecting on like did I do something wrong? Like, how did I hurt this person's feelings potentially? And just thinking about that and then coming back to apologize once you're like not in that super like heightened activated state. Because I think that's where a lot of that defensiveness creeps in when you're still really emotionally charged from it.
3: I feel like nothing good happens in that heightened stage of emotions. Like nothing good is happening. No, and like that I always want.
2: I'm the type of person that like I just like want to resolve things really quickly. And I'm like, well, I want to hash it out right now. And then like my partner, for example, is like totally the opposite. Like when I get like that, he just completely shuts down and he can't have a conversation. And that almost like frustrates me more because I'm like, oh my god, like say something, like show like signs of life, like what's going on. And then really, if we like take a little time and then go back and then just, like, talk about it, like, to normal people. Like, it's just a way better situation for both of us.
1: I think something we're going to end up talking a lot about during this conversation is the celebrity apology because it's such a hallmark of, of so many people's careers when they mess up. Um, and one of the things is, like, I don't always think the I'm sorry you feel that way does happen even in the heat of the moment. I'm thinking about, remember Kim Kardashian A couple months ago, Mm -hmm. she did that interview, I think, with Variety. Yeah. And she said um, that women should get off your fucking ass and work. It seems like nobody wants to work anymore these days. Something like that. And uh, people were outraged, obviously. And then her, her apology was, it was taken out of context. But I'm really sorry if it was received that way. Yeah. Like, she had an entire PR team who helped her craft this. And she still basically said the same thing. I'm sorry if you received it that way. Yeah. Like, that's not an that's apology. A middle finger. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree about that. Kelsey, what do you think about that one?
2: Yes, I think there's two things there that we're seeing that are very common. Again, like, yeah, I'm not trying to be like high on my horse here. Like, apologizing well is super difficult. More people are bad at it than are good at it. <laughs> so, like, if you're, like, listening to this conversation and you're like, damn, I do these things all the time. Like, Hey, you're in good company. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like these small tweaks that we can make that I do think make a big difference. So here there's this conditional word if, and like when you have those conditional words, like if, or, but in your apology, again, you're really just negating the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If it was received that way, if I hurt you, you're not even agreeing that like the per like someone might have been hurt or offended by what you said. And so like, again, no remorse, no responsibility being taken, and you're really putting it on the other person, like how they reacted or how they received it. And then also like how it was received is like another, this passive voice, I think is another one of the hallmark of bad or hollow apologies. And, you know, you hear people do that all the time too. And it's just like, again, it shows, I think, yeah, a lack of accountability for what you did.
3: What I'm realizing now just listening to you is that an apology really is about the person who feels wronged being seen Mm -hmm. and, you know, acknowledging they are hurt because that's a very human emotion and we all want to be able to feel vulnerable with each other. And that if just kind of like
1: crosses that out. The if or the but immediately just says... Mm, I'm actually taking this back or yeah. I didn't mean it in the first place. You're too
3: soft. You're too weak. You're too sensitive.
2: Exactly. And I think all of these tendencies, like I said, that are super common, they just come from this place of defensiveness. Like when you're in a situation where you need to apologize, your ego just flares yeah. up. You, the shield goes up. You don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to be culpable. Like, when you're apologizing, you're really admitting something that's unflattering about you. Like, totally. you fucked up. Like, you made a bad decision. You didn't think about someone else's feelings. These are all human things that happen all the time. Like, we're all fallible, but it's just really can be sort of at odds with, like, how you think of yourself. And I feel like that is a really tough pill to swallow. And so all these little, like, pop-ups that we're saying here, the passive voice, the ifs, the buts, that's why all those things happen.
1: Kelsey, I would love to hear a little bit more about the passive voice, because that's something I have- haven't really thought about before, but I think it happens all the time. Do you have other examples of when people have done that and and what they should have done instead?
2: Yes. Um, So I'm definitely like a Bravo obsessed person. And I think even if you're not into Bravo, I feel like the whole Scandaval situation sort of just like permeated everyone's like newsfeed, whether you wanted to hear about it or not. So that
1: was before we go forward, just so people know, like that was Vanderpump Rules, one of the cast members ended up cheating on another one with her best friend. Oh,
2: damn.
1: It was real messy. Yeah, I don't watch a show, but this sounds crazy. Yeah.
3: It
2: was. And then so, like, at the end of the season, they always do these reunions with the cast where they, like, kind of rehash everything. And Tom Sandoval, who was the one that cheated, he was like... Said something to the group like she, like Ariana, his longtime partner, like she didn't deserve that. Nobody deserves to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Like that happened, referring to the months long affair he carried on with one of their really good
3: friends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like the universe then, bestowed it upon them, not him. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And then Ariana, like, rightfully shot back and she was like, nothing, like, quote unquote, ha- happened. Like you did that. Right. And so I think, again, it's like, that was a perfect example of where the passive voice is just like, again, totally shirking responsibility for what he very, the wrongs he clearly did there. And then he actually, to his credit, tried to like backtrack after and like actually said, you know, I'm sorry, I really fucked up. Like I did it in the worst way possible. Like I apologize, but it was sort of in that case, it was like too little, too late. And just with everything else he had already said, it just felt like,
1: Hollow. So you want to center yourself, obviously, at the middle of the apology and actually say, you, use that word I mm-hmm. and take credit yes. for what you did. No matter how hard it is, you did it.
3: Yeah. Accountability. It's a bitch sometimes. Exactly. And it's also
2: okay. Like, in, I mean, the cheating situation is different because that's very much something that you're like consciously aware of that you're doing. But like a lot of times we can hurt people's feelings or offend them. And we, it was not intentional. Yeah, mm-hmm. And like
3: that happens all the time. That's but that doesn't thing. mean you yeah. don't apologize just because it was unintentional. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I do want to talk about another way we sabotage our sorries that I think about a lot. Excuses. Mm. I personally am a big fan of the excuse when giving or getting an apology, but it's not from what I understand a great way to proceed, Kelsey.
2: Yes. This one can sort of go either way for me and, and I'll kind of explain. So like you'd be like common excuses like, Oh, I I did the I'm sorry, I was just tired or I was stressed or I was drunk or I was hungry or I was hungover whatever these excuses may be to like, as a way to justify your behavior. And then one of the therapists that I talked to, um, for the piece was like, this just means when you make an excuse like this to justify your behavior, it just means the same bad behavior is bound to repeat itself. Mm. The next time the circumstances are the same, which like, you're going to be hungry again. You're going to be stressed out again. You know, you're going to be tired. So, The recommendation, which I think is like a good one and a pretty easy one is just be like, connect the apology to like what your future action is going to be like, what are you going to do differently next time? So if you're thinking about like, for me, (laughs) this is a personal example, anyone, like a person that you live with, for example, like your partner or roommate or a family member, like, You'd be like, you know, I know that I get really edgy and pissy at the end of a stressful work day and I have a tendency to snap at you. And like, I apologize, you don't deserve that. And like going forward, I'm going to take a walk around the block after work with the dog. And so to like reset and so hopefully I don't take my moods out on you. And like just that little thing to be like, I know I did this. Here was the reason you're including a reason, but you're saying, what are you going to do differently next time? That's not going to just be like, oops, well, I was tired. So like, I just mistreated you again. And I think... This also just brings up an interesting conversation too. And like, we can get into this more of like an explanation versus an excuse. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I don't want to hear it. I personally like the context, me too, but not everyone feels that way. But I think there's one way, an easy way you can get around this too, which is just being like, offer your explanation and then just tack on the words. But that's no excuse. Like, self awareness for the win. You're saying like here's what was going on with me, like kind of like here's why this happened, but that's not an excuse. And so like I feel like to me that really that kind of helps and just shows that yeah, like I said, self awareness, you know what you did, you're working on it going forward.
3: I also think that I'm going to do better is so powerful. Just that little thing. I I Wish, would wish people say that to me, I say that to people, I'm going to be better. I'm going to work on it. I think that's a promise that
1: means so much. Yeah. And, and you put, you're putting that out into the universe sort of like, you know, yeah, you're going to manifest it. And I like even more. I love the idea of like, not just giving an excuse, but giving an explanation. That seems really useful then saying you're going to do better. And then the third step seems to me is that you explain how you're going to do better. Like I liked when Kelsey was just saying, like, if you get snippy at the end of the day, you know that, then you say, I'm going to try and take a walk. Make a plan. Yeah. Like, what is the thing, the actionable thing that you're going to do that's going to make sure that you don't do this thing again?
2: And Raj, I like what you said, I'm going to do better. I feel like that's like a realistic promise too. Like there's certain things that like are, you know what I mean? Like if you have like deeply like entrenched, like habits and behaviors, you can't be like, I'm never, ever going to do this again. But you'd be like, I'm working on it. I'm going to do better. And like, I feel like that's way more realistic, right. Than being like, I'll never do this again. It's like, well, if you've done it like 50 times, like you probably will eventually do it again. But at least you're saying like, yeah, I'm going to be thoughtful about this. I'm going to make an effort, and I think that's super powerful.
3: Yeah, it's really human and there's like an intentionality about it. I think everyone's a work in progress, right? So just kind of putting that out there is important to me.
1: And that's the whole point of apologizing, I think. It's it, it is to take accountability for what you did, but it's also to say I'm in a relationship with you. Whatever that is, a friendship, a real relationship, you're my mom, whatever it is, and You're important to me. Yeah. And I care enough about you to say that I did something that hurt you and let's get through this. Like, that's what I think is... And
3: you're worth the personal growth for me. Yeah. Completely.
1: Or like the shame or the embarrassment or whatever is going to come along with uh, the apology. Yeah. It it shows that this person matters to you. Totally. You know, back to what I was talking about in the intro when I felt like I had to apologize, my friend, for dragging them out on the internet and I didn't want to do it. The reason that I did do it was because I did care about them. And actually that was, it was so bad that that could have gone one way or another. Um, That could have ended our friendship, I think. Sure. And I didn't want that to happen. And so for me, it was about saying, yeah, I fucked up. And as hard as it is for me to admit that, I'm going to admit it to you. And um, I want to fix this. That's what I think an apology can sometimes be, right? Yeah. It's you saying, I want to fix this.
3: And it can make you closer with someone, too.
1: It did. And my friend and I are doing great now. And he he actually really appreciated that I did it. Um, And I think, surprisingly enough, I did it in the ways I was supposed to. I really took credit or blame for what I did and I didn't try and put it on him I didn't try and say um yeah but you did this or I I called you up because of that I realized that I had really messed things up
3: I'm sure you got that from past experiences where it it went maybe the other way and you're like I'm not this person I'm not gonna lose this person
1: yeah I I didn't want to lose him and I, I luckily I didn't but I think People can lose each other. Yeah. I think we can be really pig-headed, right? Yeah. And if we don't admit when we're wrong, we don't apologize, that can fracture a relationship. I
3: know people like that, and they end up very alone. And, you <laughs> yes. know, like, that makes me really sad. It's like, would you rather be right or would you rather have a great group of friends and family?
1: But it doesn't have to get to that point either. Totally. It can be smaller things. Um, Like Kelsey was talking about, like snipping at someone at the end of the day because you're tired. But those things can build. And I think if you don't address them um, and you don't sort of nip them in the bud, then they can get to that point where you might lose a friendship or you're breaking up with someone.
3: Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So Raj, tell me, how is your social battery right now?
3: You know, today it's pretty high and vibrant, but it varies day to day.
1: That makes total sense because it's super easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up after the winter.
3: Truly. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. For me, therapy has been illuminating. Just to be able to process day-to-day anxieties has helped me so much. I kind of wish that for everyone.
1: Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
3: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for
1: no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp.
3: Visit BetterHelp.com slash DoingItWrong today and get 10% off your first month.
1: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wrong.
3: Welcome back to
1: Am I Doing It Wrong?
3: Okay, Kelsey, I want to tell you about a style of apologizing that I am very guilty of. And it's, (laughs) I know it's not therapeutically sound. Um, It's the keeping score one, right? So if Mm -hmm. I apologize for something I did wrong, I kind of point out to the other person something they've done wrong in the past. So now we're somehow even or something like that. I do this a lot with my partner and I feel like people are in that same boat with me because when you live with someone or you spend a lot of time with someone we are going to inevitably hurt each other's feelings yes. so there's kind of this unspoken scoreboard but it's like an evil scoreboard right Kelsey totally
2: so you'd be like well okay like I'm sorry yeah I did that thing but like well you did this other thing like remember three months ago when you did that thing and like yes exactly it's that score keeping trying to bring in and bring up other times the other person was in the wrong but like I think you, like, when we're in this, like, so-called apology zone, the other person's faults and mistakes, which, like, they may have them, they're just not part of the apology. They're not part of the apology zone. Those things can be discussed at another time and uh, i was listening to a podcast Brene brown's podcast actually and she had the psychologist um harriet Lerner who wrote about apologizing on there and she's like the apology doesn't have to be the end of the conversation like it de-intensifies the situation so you can move forward and like talk about this at another time and like talk about it productively it's just not part of the apology so if there were things that you're saying where like your partner did other things that did hurt you, like you don't need to bring those into your apology moment, but like certainly that there's like another time and space to discuss those things. It's not like the apologies just like shuts down this whole topic forever, which like, Maybe that's obvious, but to me it wasn't. I was like, "Oh, cool!" So like I could apologize, I could deliver like a cool, good, genuine apology, and like separately in a different conversation, be like, "Hey, that thing that you did really like set me off. Like, let's talk about that." You know, I
3: find those things. I, I hear you. I find those things really hard to untangle. Mm. Like the emotions are high. You know. I may have done something wrong, but I don't know. When we do that scoreboard thing, there also gives off the impression that we're intentionally hurting each other to even the score. And that's not true, but it can cause some really serious damage in relationships, I think.
2: Well, I feel like in these situations, like when you are bringing up stuff from the past, which again, Raj, like I'm with you. I do that all the time too. It's just going to be like the conversation. You're not going to have like a nice like end to the conversation where you're going to move forward because like you're going to bring up that thing. But then that's going to prompt the other person to bring up like that other thing that you did. And it's like you're not really going to get anywhere. And like the apology was kind of like
3: purposeless. Yeah, you're not going to get anywhere. And I feel like once we figure out once we all figure out how to apologize effectively, this scoreboard just immediately like combusts like we don't need that anymore because each time has been kind of soothed, right? Yeah, I totally think so. And like, I feel like
2: when I have been on the receiving end of a good apology, which like my partner is like pretty, pretty good at apologizing, better than the average person for sure. And like, sometimes like I come in with like, I got all my points ready to go and I'm like fired up and I'm like, well, you did A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And he just apologizes like, Hey, I'm really sorry. You know, I didn't realize how like that, you know, I was that really like upset you. I'm gonna work on it and do better. You know, that's just sort of a general example, and I'm like, it literally just like disarms me. Like, it kind of just like all the like emotion and yeah. like pissed offness that I have just kind of melts away, and I'm like, wow, thank you. And like, it really is that powerful at like de-escalating the situation and like bringing things down to like a nice baseline.
3: So just a side note, a thing I noticed um, with this conversation, and you can jump in if you you feel the same way, Noah. I feel like it is the hardest when it comes to your partner. It's the hardest to apologize and receive apologies. I think it's because we're having sex with these people and there's like (laughs) this weird power dynamic that happens. I don't have as much of a problem with apologies with other people. I feel very open and vulnerable and fine. But with my partner, it's like there's this thing, this power dynamic that happens, it makes all of this so much harder, I'm noticing.
1: Well, I think part of it is like that old cliche that we hurt the one we love the most, yeah. right? And we can be we can gang up on them or we can be hard on them because we know they're not gonna leave us or hopefully they won't. Yeah. Um but it it, it is hard. And I, I think you have to be you have to sort of like water that garden especially carefully because you can do real damage. Yeah. I'm thinking of this boyfriend I had a couple of years ago, and his style of apology was like he just sort of wanted to like apologize and then move it along. Yeah. And, and so he would have, like when he fucked up, he would do something really dramatic, like get me flowers yeah. or you know make my favorite dinner. And, like, that was really sweet. But the thing that he... He never really accounted for the thing that he had done wrong. And so it was still there festering. And I think about, like, we see this in popular culture, too. Do you remember when Mario Batali, he was accused of, like, sexual harassment or assault? And he apologized in an email. Yeah. And then at the end of the email, he's like, oh, by the way, here is a recipe for my delicious cinnamon rolls. Yeah. You know, or, like, Ellen DeGeneres... Supposedly, her workplace was really toxic, right? She comes out on an episode of her show and does like a stand up routine about these people saying that she has a toxic workplace and like all these jokes. And it was like, I feel like those kind of apologies, you have to you have to land the apology yeah, before you move on. Yeah, that's not a
3: one-and-done situation. No,
1: you shouldn't joke about it. I don't think you should try and sweep it under the rug with, like, flowers or, you know, jewelry or whatever It That could also else. be a love
3: language thing, but that's another episode.
1: Yeah, but I think at the heart of it, until you've actually really addressed what the issue was. Like, when my boyfriend did that, I, I was still angry. Yeah. Like, oh, those roses are beautiful.
3: Yeah.
1: But does Disney race. You're going to keep doing this thing because we haven't talked about it and you haven't admitted that you did it. You yeah. haven't owned up to anything.
3: I totally agree. Yeah,
2: I think there is a tendency to be like, well, I said I'm sorry. Like, can't, why, like, can't we move on or can't you just let it go? And like, it's not...
3: Because the shit is it's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to feel hurt and be vulnerable. I get it. Like, this is very human, but we all got to try to be better.
2: Yeah, and like, I know like when I, if I uh, be like, all right, I apologize. I was sincere. I was genuine. And then like, yeah, I think it's natural. Like I want everything to be better now. I don't want there to be tension or weirdness. I kind of just want to go back to our dynamic, but yeah, it's not fair. Everyone has, you know, needs different things or different amounts of time to like process. And so you can't blame them for not immediately forgiving you or moving on. Um, you can't rush that repair. I I think like a you know, therapist back suggestion, which I think is a good one. is just like, especially if it's someone that, you know, you have a closer relationship with just be like, what do you need from me to feel better about this or to like build back that trust? I'm like, you know, try to honor whatever they say. And like, in a lot of cases, like, yeah, like you're saying, Noah, that felt you appreciated those nice gestures, but felt a little bit rushed to you. Maybe you'd be like, you know what, I need a little bit more time, or I need a little bit of space. I'm like, you're the other person, you know, should try to respect that.
1: I love what you just said, Kelsey, where you said, think about asking the other person, what do you need from me? How do I make this better? Because actually, Again, like coupling the apology with the action that's going to make it better is great. And then I think going even further and asking the person saying, I did this to you. Now, what do you need? I love that. I do too. I never thought about that. I think that 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 one line actually could be really radical in terms of moving the relationship forward or healing it.
3: I'm the kind of person that doesn't really like to drag on conflict. I would love to be lovey-dovey. And I think there's no exact shortcut, but the action can you know, kind of end the fight or argument um, if there's a promise, like, you know, to do better, et cetera, et cetera. But I I agree that it can't be rushed because the apologizer is not supposed to be, hold the power when it comes to how quickly the person should get over it.
2: I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're not like the apology shouldn't like be a bargaining tool. It's not like, well, I apologize. So now you need to get over it immediately. Or like, I apologize. So now you need to apologize to me. It's like, I mean, both of those things would be nice. But again, like, you know, when you're apologizing, you're just like, hey, I'm doing I'm keeping my side of the street. Clean, And so you can walk away from the situation being like, I know I did the right thing, regardless of whether the other person forgives me now or later or apologizes for their part. Like, you know, just kind of like, I think it helps to just be like, I'm focusing on my part. I can't control how the other person's going to react. It to is. This.
3: You're right. It is very empowering, too, because I've been in situations where I did wrong. I apologize. And the situation still blew up. And I may not be in that person's life anymore. But I walked away knowing that I did what I was supposed to do. I always regret situations where I was in the wrong and I didn't do that. And then it's my fault right. at the end. Yes. I, You know, if something's not meant to be, that's fine. But I want to be the bigger person at the end of my life. I want to look back and be like, I was I was cool to people. I was kind. I was fair. You yeah. know, that's ri- that's about me yeah. more than
1: anything else. Sometimes the way to apologize is not to apologize. If you don't feel like you are in the wrong, yeah, don't apologize for something. It's going to make it even worse yeah. because then that person thinks actually that they were right, but you haven't really apologized because you're just doing it to get it over with. So... I think if you really feel like you weren't in the wrong, stand your ground. Talk about that. Like, sort of get into the meat of that. Like, why do you think that you aren't wrong? But don't just apologize to glaze it over because the cracks are always gonna show. And sooner or later, I think you're gonna have to deal with it.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if you look through the lens of culture or gender, um, I personally, as a woman, I apologize when I bump into someone Mm. and, um, or when rather, I apologize when someone bumps into me and I I, like 30 seconds later, will be like, what just happened? And I'm the one that apologized. And that's just symbolic. There's a lot of things in life that happened to me that someone did to me and I apologize. And I'm starting to address that because apologies are really powerful. We don't necessarily need to give them all the time. And figuring out when to give them is definitely going to make the apologies better.
1: Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, completely.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, I agree. I don't think you need if you're not sorry if you didn't do something wrong. You don't need to apologize.
3: <laughs> I've also um, said th- to someone, "I'm not sorry, and I would do it again." So, like that, <laughs> that can be very um, that can be very empowering. Of course, I'm on a therapy journey, so hopefully, this is all what I'm supposed to be doing.
2: <laughs> I think too, though, like. Over apologizing can also be something that shows up in like not so healthy, like a toxic relationship or like even an emotionally abusive relationship dynamic. Like where the one person in this relationship is like constantly saying sorry for every little thing, even when they didn't do anything wrong. And they're like really doing it just to appease the other person Mm -hmm. or as a way to keep the peace. And that's like, obviously not. I think that is a reason that some people may apologize all the time and just something to like keep in mind. Right, like a bandaid like, like,
3: on the relationship type of thing. Right.
1: Kelsey, is there anything else that you think that we could be doing wrong or that we should be doing better when it comes to apologizing?
2: I do think in addition to like apologizing too much in terms of frequency, sometimes people apologize, like over-apologize in terms of their delivery. Like the apology should fit the crime, so to speak. <laughs> um, I was this is like a silly example, but I remember um so when, when me and my partner first started dating, he had a roommate who was like a self proclaimed stoner, hmm. and one night, presumably like was smoking, got hungry, and ate my partner's bag of peanut MMs. <laughs> the next day, he wrote this text message that was like, hey, man, I take full responsibility <laughs> for my actions. Like, I can't believe I'm such a shit roommate. Like, I'll do whatever it takes to make this right. And it's like, really, in this case, it would have suffice to have been like, hey, man, I was stoned. I ate all your m ms Like, here's another bag. I'm sorry about right. that. You know what I mean? Like, you don't like the over apologizing and making it about, like, this whole, like, overly emotional, overly dramatic thing can actually... I think, kind of backfires because it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, you kind of laugh at it. You're like, wait, what? Oh, this poor anxious stoner.
1: Maybe he was stoned when he wrote the apology. <laughs>
2: <I think so. laughs> it feels yeah. He like rewrote the text message like 15 times and then that's the one he said. That's what I'm oh imagining. Oh my God,
3: I feel, I feel bad for this poor sap. That is so sweet. Okay, so I'm thinking about a specific time in my life that a relationship, a friendship actually got totally ruined because I did not apologize for something that was really supremely fucked up. So are you guys down to help me do that apology over DM today oh, later? Sure.
1: Y- yeah, let's do it.
3: Okay. Uh, this is my best friend from high school. We are no longer friends. We were so, so close. And I say DM because I don't even have her phone number anymore, mm. but I really want, to reach out to her. Um, senior year, her mom got really sick. And, you know, we we're 17 years old. I didn't totally understand what that meant. And I was such a shitty friend to her. I wasn't there for her in the way that I should have been knowing now at my big age of 38 um, how sometimes friends need each other in this space. So I just kind of pretended like it wasn't happening. I didn't totally understand it. And even when she asked for help, I wasn't my best self. And I really, really want to apologize to her. And not because I want to win back that friendship. That would be wonderful. But I want her to know that I was super wrong. And she doesn't deserve that from anyone moving forward in life.
1: How long ago? When when was the last time you all talked? You know, she reached out to me about
3: 10 years ago. And I was so flustered that I didn't form the apology then either but I'm emotionally ready and I really want to give this to her even if she doesn't receive it Hmm. the way
1: I want her to I love that I think that that's great um I think you bring up an interesting point before we even get into like workshopping but like just the idea of like making an apology even if you know that the other person might not want to hear it or it's not going to do anything in terms of like repairing the relationship sometimes just clearing the air with an apology seems like a really good thing to do. Yeah,
3: I know she was hurt by it. I, if I can take away 1% of that pain, um, you know, if even if she doesn't harbor it right now, I just, I want her to know that I know I was wrong. It's just about, I don't want her to think that humans should treat her like that, yeah. you know? And I'm sure she's good. She's very successful now. I just, I have to do this now that we're having this conversation.
1: So Kelsey, would you, in that instance, you know, tell Raj to to say, you know, I was really young then, or is that an excuse? Like, is that an excuse or an explanation? It does seem like being 17 and not knowing how to grapple with something as huge as... I was a hot moron at 17. But we all were. I think that would
2: fall under explanation, because that's like a big, like, context thing, and it shows that you have, like, looked back and reflected on the situation, obviously in a way that you weren't able to do, like when you were a high schooler. Like, now looking back, you can just see the situation so much differently. I for one, feel like that's very much needed context versus like you, you making an excuse. I think it shows like, Hey, I really thought about this. I'm like, I do care about you, like regardless of what happens with our friendship. And I think it is like, you know what? It's never too late to apologize. Like I, it doesn't matter that it's been 20 years. Like the fact that this is still like, even on your mind, I
3: think if I received that message, I would be like, damn, Mm
1: -hmm. I would too.
3: And and she's a therapist now, actually, so I feel like she would understand if I told her I didn't have the yeah. tools at the time. Yeah. And I do now, and I'm so, so sorry about that.
1: I like that. I think giving some context, like Kelsey said, I love saying you didn't have the tools at the time, but also saying, you know, that you want to make it right. Would you put in—what Do you, what do you guys think about putting in there, like, you know— I, I don't expect this to change things or is that, is that overkill? Do you even need to go into that?
2: I mean, I would maybe say something like, you know, no need to like, at the end be like, you know, no need to respond. Like I just wanted to say this to like not put any pressure on her. Mm. And then something yeah. like that, just to like, be like, Hey, this, just putting it out there, like no pressure to respond. I've just been thinking about you and I, you know, wanted to say this.
3: Yeah. I think I'm going to do it. Thank you guys.
1: I love that. Look at this. Changing lives. I feel like this has been so useful. I'm going to be at least 47% better at apologizing. Kelsey, thank you so much for being here with us.
3: You're welcome.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: now it's time for better in five. This is our top five takeaways from this episode.
3: Okay, so the first one is all about accountability. For the love of God, take responsibility for what you did wrong, if you did something wrong.
1: Own it. Number two, you have to get rid of those two pesky little words, if and but. You can't make it conditional. If you're saying, I'm sorry, and then adding something on to the end, that's gonna totally negate what you just said, don't do it. What
3: is the middle finger? Don't do it. Number three, throw away that scoreboard. Do not play tit for tat. This is not a game. You know, apologize. And if there's something else bothering you, wait for another moment.
1: Yeah. You don't have to do everything at once. You can do the apology and then come back to the issue that's also driving you crazy later.
3: (laughs) Sounds like a fun weekend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Number four, I loved this tip from Kelsey. Ask the person you're apologizing to, what do you need from me? Give them a little bit of the agency and let them tell you how they'll feel better. I think that that really opened up my mind. It could
3: be a hug. Like, you don't know what the other person's thinking. It could be a
1: hug. It could be cash. Mm -hmm. We don't know.
3: (laughs) Get your zelle ready. (laughs) Uh, And the last one is, if you're going to apologize, mean it. Be authentic and promise to do better in the future.
1: Exactly. So, Raj, tell me. Have you been apologizing wrong?
3: Not only have I been apologizing wrong, I haven't done it nearly enough times as I should have. (laughs) Uh, Workshopping that apology to my high school best friend felt very warm and helpful, and I'm definitely going to get in contact with her today.
1: I can't wait to hear what happens. I felt like that was super useful.
3: I hope she replies to me. Again, that's my ego speaking, but I I really can't wait to to put something thoughtful together. Thanks to Kelsey and you. (laughs)
1: No, for sure. And just having the tools, I feel the same way. Like, I know I'm going to have to apologize to someone sooner rather than later. Probably my boyfriend. And knowing the ways to do it better feels really useful to me. Really valuable. Because these relationships matter. And if we mess them up, we want to have ways to repair them.
3: Yeah, I love my people. I want to treat them right.
1: Well, until next time, as long as there are ways to get things wrong... We'll be here to help you do them better. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Do you have something you think you're doing wrong? Email us at wrong at huffpost.com and let us know.
3: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig.